Hey guys, this is Jaydeep. This is probably the first time you're hearing my voice. So, we're doing an audio version of the Moneyball newsletter this week, just as an experiment. I really hope you like it, and I'd love to know what you think about it. Write to me at moneyball at the-ken.com, or just fill up the form in the newsletter that you would have received. And I apologize in advance if you hear my cats in the background. Okay, so let's go then. Why CVC Capital's purchase of an IPL team makes sense. CVC Capital Partners became the first private equity firm to outright own an IPL franchise. Have you recovered from India's crushing defeat against Pakistan in the ICC Men's T20 World Cup? I hope at least that you aren't also a Manchester United fan like me because I'm struggling to erase that Sunday evening from my memory. Anyway, that's not what this week's newsletter is about. Today, I'm going to discuss um, arguably the second biggest event in cricket this past week. The auction for the two new Indian Premier League franchises. And particularly, the growing presence of private equity in not just the IPL, but world sport. If you're new here, welcome to the fourth edition of Moneyball, the Ken's weekly newsletter on the business of sport. If you missed the first three editions, you can find them on our website. Moneyball is one of seven new newsletters launched by the Ken this month. And if you haven't had a chance to check them out, please do so on our website. Okay, so let's go then. If Sunday evening was crazy in the world of sport, Monday wasn't far behind. Indian conglomerate RP Sanjeev Goenka Group and Luxembourg-based private equity firm CVC Capital Partners acquired two new teams in the IPL for a combined $1.7 billion. RPSG Ventures, a consumer venture capital fund under the RPSG Group, shelled out a whopping 7,090 crore rupees for a Lucknow-based franchise. CVC, meanwhile, paid rupees 5,625 crore for a team that will play in the world's largest cricket stadium in Ahmedabad. Among the final nine bidders, no one bid under 4,000 crore. Wow. Just to give you a sense of how crazy the bids were, the base price set by the BCCI was rupees 2,000 crore. Reports leading up to the auction said that the expected bids would be around rupees 3,500 to 4,000 crore. And when the IPL was launched in 2008, Mumbai Indians was the costliest franchise acquired by India's largest conglomerate, Reliance Industries, and it got it for just 450 crore. Just. It was a watershed day in the business of cricket. And not just because of the size of the winning bids. With CVC Capital purchasing a team, this was the latest example of private equity firms buying into sports properties around the world. In case you're wondering why PE firms are so excited about sport all of a sudden, and how exactly would their investments affect the property they've bought into? Here's an explainer. Right, so let's start with RPSG. They've been in the IPL before, right? The name rings a bell. 
That's correct. RPSG had bought one of the two substitute teams that played in the IPL in the 2016 and 2017 seasons, in place of the suspended Chennai Super Kings and Rajasthan Royals. Rising Pune Supergiant etched its name in IPL folklore for two things. Dropping MS Dhoni as captain and then losing in the 2017 IPL final by just one run. The Kolkata-based conglomerate also owns a football team in the Indian Super League, ATK Mohan Bagan. Okay, but what's with the 7,000 crore-plus bid? It's mental, for sure. But RPSG founder Sanjeev Goenka claims that the match checks out. Here's what he told Crick Buzz after the auction. I quote, It's simple. You are paying the difference between what you get from the BCCI and what you have to pay to the BCCI. Of the 7,000 crore, I will probably be paying only 3,500 crore in 10 years. It's because I will be getting 3,500 crore from the BCCI from the broadcast rights. In the next five years, I may get more. The net present value of that is 2,100 crore. That means I have got an IPL team for 2,100 crore. Tell me, is it good or not? End quote. Hmm. Does the match really check out? Yes and no. It's not quite as straightforward as Goenka is claiming. Currently, each franchise earns around 200 crore every season from the IPL's central rights pool. That could increase to anywhere between 300 to 350 crore from the next rights cycle starting 2023. Teams also make about 100 crore per season from sponsorships and ticket sales. However, RPSG has to pay the franchise bid amount of 7,090 crore over 10 years. That's 709 crore every year. And from year 11, it has to pay BCCI 20% of its overall revenue. This excludes the money it spends to build a team. K. Srinivas Rao, a Times of India journalist, tweeted a simple breakdown of the IPL business model. According to his calculations, RPSG will take 22 years to get a full return on investment. Wow, that's quite a long-term investment. And what about CVC Capital? A surprise winner, right? Kind of. Everyone expected the Adani Group, which has a market cap of 1.53 lakh crore, to win a team. In the week leading up to the auction, the Glazer family, the owners of Manchester United, popped up as strong contenders. But that's not to say CVC Capital wasn't a strong contender. In fact, it's one of the few private equity firms that has gone big on sport in the recent past. Oh yeah? What has it done in sport so far? Quite a few things. Most recently, in August, it announced an investment of $2.58 billion in Spain's premier football league, La Liga. In return, CVC will get a minority stake in a new company whose revenues will come from La Liga's broadcasting and sponsorship rights. CVC is entitled to 11% of the league's media rights revenues for the next 50 years. CVC has also acquired stakes in rugby, volleyball and motorsport. The Financial Times reported in June that CVC is trying to strike a 600 million US dollar deal that would bring together the men's and women's professional tennis stores. The private equity firm is looking for a 15% stake in a new entity that will manage media and data rights for both tours. CVC has also reportedly held talks to invest in Italy's Serie A 
and Germany's Bundesliga football leagues. Which other private equity firms have invested in sport? There's California-headquartered Silver Lake Partners, which acquired a $500 million stake in the City Football Group, the parent company of defending Premier League champions Manchester City, in 2019. It's also an investor in Ultimate Fighting Championship, a mixed martial arts tournament. In the US, the NBA and MLB have recently amended their rules to allow institutional investment in multiple teams. New York-based Dial Capital Partners is one of the bigger players there. There are also sports-focused private equity firms like Dallas-headquartered Arctos Sports Partners, which is reportedly close to raising a $2.9 billion fund. It recently invested in Sacramento Kings in a deal that reportedly valued the NBA team at $1.8 billion. Earlier this year, New York-based Redbird Capital Partners acquired a 15% stake in IPL franchise Rajasthan Royals at a valuation of $250 million. And just earlier this month, Bloomberg reported that Boston-headquartered Advent International is one of a number of investors interested in buying a stake in a new media rights company being set up by France's Premier Football League, Liga. Why is there so much interest from PE firms to invest in sport? COVID is a major reason. The pandemic delivered a severe blow to sports teams and leagues around the world as they were forced to shut shop temporarily before being allowed to organize matches in empty stadiums for months. They have since been hunting for new sources of investment. With traditional financing hard to come by, private equity is being seen as a viable alternative. European football leagues are carving out separate entities that own their commercial and media rights, which can be dangled in front of private equity firms. And the PE firms are biting. Here's an excerpt from Private Equity International from an article called The New Playbook, How Private Equity Fell in Love with Sport. I quote, For private equity sponsors, a combination of rising valuations of sports teams and leagues, a need for liquidity on behalf of original owners and stakeholders, and a highly fragmented industry that could benefit from greater operational involvement and efficiencies, has turned investing into sports an attractive bet. Recurring revenues stemming from fanatical fan bases, high-quality contracts around sponsorship and advertising, and multi-year broadcasting deals has led brand-name buyout firms including CVC, KKR, Silver Lake, Bain Capital, and PEI Media owner Bridgepoint to invest in sports in some way, shape, or form. End quote. The returns for PE firms can also be huge. For instance, CVC Capital turned a $952 million investment in Formula One in 2006 into a $6.7 billion exit in 2017. Okay, but surely there are risks involved? Of course, the primary one being that PE firms would be driven by commercial interests rather than those of the fans. There are concerns that the objective of PE firms is to only secure a successful exit and not actually contribute towards the growth of the sport. There's a precedent here. CVC's 11-year ownership of Formula One. In 2016, Bob Fernley, who was the deputy team principal of the Force India team, accused CVC 
of, I quote, raping the sport. He said, All their actions have been taken to extract as much money from the sport as possible and put as little in as possible. End quote. The drivers also openly criticized the firm, saying that the decision-making process was obsolete and ill-structured. Even Bernie Ecclestone, who was F1 chief during CVC's ownership, said in 2017 that he was embarrassed at, I quote, selling this shitty product. Here's an excerpt from a Financial Times article called Private Equity's New Bet on Sport by the League. I quote, At the heart of such deals is often a power struggle. Buyout groups whose traditional model relies on taking majority stakes in companies can be reluctant to invest if they expect to have little say in the governance of leagues. That forces sports governing bodies to confront a difficult question. How much control are they willing to relinquish in exchange for cash? Executives at two of the more than 20 private equity groups that initially considered investing in Germany's Bundesliga say they have been since put off because they believe they would have little influence over the league itself. End quote. Of course, it's not always the PE firms that can be swayed by commercial interests. Last year, during negotiations with Serie A, CVC and Advent International wanted to add a breakaway clause in the deal after 12 of Europe's top clubs unsuccessfully tried to set up a rebel European Super League. Two of the Spanish clubs involved in this league, Barcelona and Real Madrid, also tried to thwart CVC's deal with La Liga. They secured an opt-out in an 11th-hour compromise, reported the Financial Times. La Liga president Javier Tebas said that Barcelona and Real Madrid had opted out because they still wanted to form the breakaway league. And finally, investing in teams that are part of open leagues with promotion and relegation is a risk because of the threat of demotion to lower leagues. This isn't an issue in the US, where leagues are closed shops. Right. And how does this translate to the IPL? The IPL has one big advantage that it's also a closed league. CVC can breathe easy knowing that even if their new team performs badly, it can't get relegated. And since the BCCI runs a tight ship in terms of governing cricket in India, there's unlikely to be any breakaway leagues. The value of the IPL's media and sponsorship rights are also always on the upward trajectory. From $918 million in 2008 for 10 years, the value of the media rights skyrocketed to $2.55 billion for 5 years in 2017. Reports suggest the next 5-year cycle, starting 2023, could fetch around $5 billion. This would result in a significant bump in the franchise's share from the central rights pool. But of course, from CVC's side, there's the risk that it will follow the PE pattern of typically seeking returns for its investors within 5 to 10 years and then exiting the property. With CVC having complete control over running the franchise, this could affect the decisions it takes. Right, and when it comes to the management of CVC's new franchise, who will make the decisions? Under the BCCI's franchise agreement 
the firm is required to have a professional management team in place. The new franchise will be a wholly owned subsidiary of CVC Capital. It will have C-level executives running the show and reporting to the board. Okay, so overall it seems to be a good deal for the BCCI and IPL. They would sure hope so. And finally, after all these millions of dollars earned, was there any word from the BCCI about a women's IPL? Well... That's the end of our main story. Moving on to the quick singles section. BCCI President Saurav Ganguly has quit the ATK Mohan Bagan board after facing questions of conflict of interest following RPSG's successful purchase of an IPL franchise. This isn't the first time Ganguly has found himself caught in the web of conflict of interest. He is still the brand ambassador of fantasy sports platform My11 Circle, despite it being a competitor of the BCCI's official partner, Dream11. The Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics will have a tough set of COVID-19 protocols. Almost all participants will have to be vaccinated against the coronavirus or face a 21-day quarantine. Competitors and officials will also have to arrive in Beijing via direct flights, which means many countries that don't have direct flights to Beijing will have to organize chartered flights for their participants. These requirements are significantly stricter than those imposed by the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics organizers. German sportswear major Puma has raised its forecast for the rest of the year following its third quarter earnings report. Sales increased by 20% as the company reported quarterly revenue of $2.2 billion. It expects full-year sales to increase by 25% in 2021 compared with its previous target of 20%. Puma's financial results were surprising considering it faced logistical setbacks caused by the pandemic. The Athletics Federation of India has signed a three-year partnership with sports management firm iOS Sports and Entertainment. iOS will be the governing body's commercial partner. Moving on to the What We Are Reading section, where I share the best stories I've come across from the world of sports. You've probably watched quite a few India versus Pakistan cricket matches on TV. But have you been lucky enough to experience it live in a stadium? Tarek Laskar did in Dubai last weekend. In Scroll.in, he describes it as the Mona Lisa of the cricket world. You'll find the link to the story in our newsletter. Barcelona have finally sacked their head coach, Ronald Koeman, after a disappointing 1-0 defeat at Rayo Vallecano on Wednesday. After a torrid start to the season, Barcelona sit ninth in La Liga with four wins and three draws from 10 matches. They're also third in their Champions League group after just one win from three matches. Dermot Corrigan wrote in The Athletic how the famed Barcelona lost their soul. You'll find the link in our newsletter. Moving on to what to watch this weekend, where I share the best matches on TV coming up in this weekend. The Super 12 stage of the ICC Men's T20 World Cup continues, with England taking on Australia on Saturday at 7.30pm IST, 
followed by India versus New Zealand on Sunday at 7:30 p.m. IST. There's a crucial match in the Premier League this weekend between Tottenham and Manchester United. The result of this match could determine the future of the team's respective managers, Nuno Espirito Santo and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The quarterfinals, semi-finals and finals of the French Open Super 750 badminton will also take place on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Now for the tweet of the week where I share the best tweet that I've come across this past week. I'm sorry for going back to that India versus Pakistan match again, but no matter where your loyalties lie, you can't help but marvel at Shaheen Afridi's spell against India. His delivery to dismiss KL Rahul was an absolute peach. You'll find a link to the video in our newsletter. That's all from this edition of Moneyball. I hope you enjoyed it. Please write to me at moneyball@the-ken.com with any feedback, good or bad, and suggestions for topics to write on. And if you're an Indian Manchester United fan like me, please tell me how you got through this week. And remember, we're in this together. If you want to share this edition, you'll find the link in our newsletter. I hope you liked this week's edition. See you next time. Have a great day. Bye.